Welcome to the Hannibal Files, a Strange Harbors podcast. This is a weekly discussion of Brian Fuller's serial killer drama Hannibal, which is now streaming on Netflix. Tonight we'll be diving into episodes three and four of the third and final season, titled Secundo and Apertivo. Tonight I'm joined by... Amir Dure. And Derek Wong. Episodes three and four, getting close to the midway point of the season, where we uh, switch gears to something else entirely. Um, I'll be honest, not too crazy about these two episodes. This might be the first time where all three of us are not the into the the two episodes we had to review this week, right? It's it's pretty. I think this might be the first time, right? Where. I think so. Us- yeah. Usually it's like an episode we we like and maybe an episode we don't like or two episodes we really like. This may be the first time where it's two episodes I don't think particularly are very strong. Uh, like this is my probably, I think, third rewatch oh, wow. of this show. So really getting diminishing returns from these two, especially <laughs> knowing what's coming next. And like, um, it's just... Just, I, I struggled to get through these these two. Not that they're bad. They're not bad. They're not bad episodes of TV. It's just, first of all, Hannibal's not in them, which is a big problem, I think. He's barely in them, right? Yeah, he's barely in them. Ooh, interesting point. Yeah. So, like, you know what it feels like? It feels like two episodes full of B-plot material with no A-plot, um, mm. which is what it kind of feels like. I mean, I mean, let's let's just jump right into it, right? Let's let's talk about Secundo, which is mostly about Will's adventures at the Lecter House in Lithuania. Is that where it is? It's the, Lithuania, the Lecter, right? The Lecter Castle. The yeah, Lecter the Lecter State, Castle. The yes, stately Lecter Manor in Gotham City. <laughs> yeah, and he's just hanging out with Chio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is Lady Murakami's daughter? Is that right? Do we even from know that? The, I don't even think we know that yet. Do we not know that? I don't know. I don't she's, think we know who Chio is because I don't know anything about her. I mean, there's a Chio in the novels, but she's like an amalgamation of a bunch of different characters. I'm not crazy about this episode because, like, you don't really get any backstory to Hannibal. Like, you do, but Will tells us that, like, he doesn't believe that it's true. So, like, in the end, it's like, what was the real point of this, right? Because, like, it's trying to take stuff out of Hannibal Rising, right? Which is about how Hannibal's sister was eaten by Nazi soldiers, and then Hannibal got revenge on all of them, and that's how he became, like, a serial killer. But then Will in this episode is like, I don't really buy that, right? That's what he tells Chio, right? I mean, it's basically implied twice, right? Once by Will and then once by Bedelia, that Hannibal is the one who kills his sister and eats her, right? I don't, I don't think it's implied. I think it's flat out stated. I mean, almost as clear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, mean, I, I, I never even maybe because I haven't read the books. I never even considered that anyone other than Hannibal ate his own sister. Right. Like that's mm-hmm. the, there's there's no other plausible uh, person. Right. The, the the Patsy that we see here um, is pretty quickly disposed of, uh, and in a way that makes it clear that uh, it was always Hannibal. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if that's supposed to be some kind of big twist. I don't know. In Hannibal Rising, do so. we find out that it, it was Hannibal the whole time? It wasn't German soldiers? Or is that like a twist on the original, I guess, the original source material? That's the question, right? In the books, Nazi soldiers, they were starving and they ate Misha. And then Hannibal was starving too. So he partook 
of the meat as well, right? So that's what happened in the novels. But here, it's it's a lot more vague. Um, I think it's just because Brian Fuller was like, he didn't really like the backstory of, oh, cannibal Nazis created Hannibal Lecter, you know? Um, yeah, that's fucking dumb. And you can't, and you yeah. can't do that in like 2015 or whatever, right? Like, how old is Hannibal? 18? Like, what is he? Yeah, fucking that Mac- doesn't Mac- work. Though? Yeah, like, it just doesn't on. work. If the timeline doesn't work, <laughs> the, the background is dumb. Like, it's way cooler that he's just Hannibal because he's Hannibal, right? Like, or at least from what yeah. I know right now, he's Hannibal because he's Hannibal. And, I, and, I, and I, I like that. Yeah. So, like, there's a there's a quote. He did, he did an interview. And what Brian Fuller specifically stated was, like, I didn't want to over-explain why he became a cannibal and suggest that his nature is as a result of Nazis eating his sister, which feels like a demystification of the character. For us... It was about suggesting certain things in his past that may have complicated who he is, but did not inform who he is. He is and always has been Hannibal Lecter, but he is not invulnerable to pain and loss, which is a good twist on the the backstory that um, Thomas Harris uh, spun, right? Yeah. I think that's a little bullshit, though. (laughs) What do you think is a little bullshit? I think that... You don't have to do the whole Nazi thing. I totally agree. Like, time-wise, it doesn't... um doesn't make sense and then the whole trope of using nazis is always overplayed so i understand not wanting to do that but i do feel like there's a lack of understanding right there is this like you said diving into hannibal's backstory but without really getting any kind of meat to that story right Mm -hmm. you don't understand why he actually kills his sister or like what it really does to him because it's a lot of will and bedelia talking about it around Hannibal or about Hannibal without ever Hannibal acknowledging any of it, right? Like, he never really expresses his true feelings about the situation. But I think you can take those two characters as word of God in this case, because, like, who's better equipped to know Hannibal's mind than those two people, right? And the show does nothing to contradict uh, those two visions, at least from what we've seen right now, like, I don't see any reason to think that uh, Bedelia's thesis that he eats the ones he loves uh, in order to deal with his inability to process those feelings of love uh, and loss of control. Um, like, I, I don't see any reason why she's not completely right. You might be right about that, but I, I don't know. I, I think that it goes hand in hand with what Jeff was saying earlier with just this lack of Hannibal in these these two episodes, especially this episode. Like, there is a little bit of Hannibal. We get that really great scene in the beginning of the episode, right, where he stabs Stagliato's head. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like, you don't, like you said, it's not really much Hannibal. And, like, Hannibal doesn't, I think the, the show's more compelling when it's, like, this dialogue between someone and Hannibal versus someone talking to Hannibal. Or about him, yeah. Or about him, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree. I mean, we definitely could use uh, could use some more Hannibal. He's the highlight of this episode, not just the Sugliato dinner, um, but the later Sugliato dinner, if you take my meaning. Uh, <laughs> where he fights over the other men- members of the studio, well, and uh, <laughs> they're dining on Sugliato. And he, like, is making these cannibal puns and, like, looks directly into the camera. Like, very funny. Yeah, that was a very funny scene, especially because you got the juxtaposition between the two studio out of members who are just like indulging in this. And then you have uh, Bedelia who she's giving a great Real performance. Crazy. Yeah. Looking like she's looking about to really throw uncomfortable. up. Yeah. <laughs> I really, really, I thought that was a very, very funny scene. Yeah. It's excellent. Excellent stuff. 
Yeah, my, my issue with this episode mainly is the, the character of Chio. I, I like the actress, you know, I, I'm sorry, does anyone know her name? Tao Okamoto. Tao Okamoto, thank you. And you probably recognize her from maybe the Wolverine or from Westworld. Uh, that's at least where I recognize her from. Batman v Superman, Dawn of Stupid. Oh, yes. <laughs> She's also in that. Playing Mercy Grace. Mercy, what right? A, yep. <laughs> what a waste. What a waste. <laughs> I do like her as an actress. She, I think she's pretty good. I, uh, I think the Wolverine is very underrated. Oh yeah, um, and she's great in it. Yeah, she's good in it. As, yeah. as I think she's Lady Lady Deathstrike in that, right? No, 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 no that's no. X two. The oh. Wolverine is uh, is where he's in Japan and he's like fighting the Silver Samurai and shit. I like that oh, movie. Right. It's good. Yeah. yeah, I do too. I mean, I think she's good in Westworld. I mean, I think when they first use her, she's really great, and and then. Like Westworld, <laughs> how yes. Westworld has Westworld been going. Is a whole other thing. <laughs> even the even her character kind of deteriorates and just becomes like this nothing character. So it's it's really sad for her. But yeah, I I don't know if it's miscast in this. If it's just not enough enough to do with this character at the moment. Yeah, she's just a cipher. They don't they don't they don't they don't tell you anything about her, and you have no good reason to care. Right? Yeah. Like, like yeah, I don't yeah, give yeah. a shit, like, that she's this mysterious fucking, what, Asian servant of a Lithuanian, like, I don't give a shit, dude. Like, you gotta, you gotta cut to the bone here with this. I mean, the interesting part with her is her interaction with Will, and Will kind of turning into a little mini Hannibal here, right? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. sort of, that's sort of the interesting bit. But she herself, she, she has very little offer here, unfortunately. I mean, like, we're almost halfway through the final season, right? And to, like introduce a whole new character that they want you to care about or something. It, it, it just doesn't work. Like Yeah, dude, not happening. Too too little too late for yeah. for Chio, right. unfortunately. Yeah, um, like a lot of Bloom is finally getting interesting and she's been in the show yeah, the whole goddamn time. Yeah, she, she right? is. Like we're we're fi- we're finally learning uh, about Bedelia who's been, you know, teased since season 1. Like there's, there's no room for you uh Chio, sorry. Chio, just, yeah. just, just just not working. Um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, in this episode, we also learn that Jack is alive, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we do. don't get much to do with Jack. No, but he talks to Officer Posse a bit in this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, he talks to Posse to- Totally bit. forgettable. Totally for You can skip those scenes and not miss not miss anything. I-, I felt like that was a lot of filler that was almost a little unnecessary. It was almost like, okay, we need to show that Jack's alive because people are going to be wondering if Jack's alive or not, right? So I-, I felt like the writers had to be like, okay, it's episode three. Let's let's write some stuff for Jack so everybody knows. But yeah, maybe th- there isn't. Uh, there's no l- real substance there, right? It's it's not really until episode four that we really get the meat of Jack's story. Yeah, I, I do like four a lot better than three. Yes, I agree with that too. Even though it is, it's still light on Hannibal Lecter time, but um, <laughs> there's 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 more stuff going on there, and and Alana finally gets interesting in four, but. We're uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but yeah, yeah. So the main thing here is that Amir, like you said, Will Graham pulls a little mini Hannibal Lecter. So Chio's keeping this prisoner there, um, who Hannibal has told her that he's responsible for Misha's death, right? But he won't allow her to kill him. She's in this uh, position of servitude where she has to watch over this guy. What Will does is he lets him go and makes Chio kill him, um, which is 100% what something Hannibal Lecter would do, right? Um, and he even makes a little tableau out of him in the end for Hannibal to find. 
That's yeah, pretty and, much and, it. And, and, and the show calls it out in a pretty, like, explicit way. And that's something yeah, I'm yeah, kind yeah. of appreciating about the show. And this kind of goes back to your early point, Derek, is that it does, like, hide things and play with you and play things ambiguous. But there's also a lot of parts where it really comes out and says exactly what it wants to say explicitly. And it gets away with it because the things it's trying to talk about are so, like, inherently sort of complex and shaded. So, like, you can talk directly about Hannibal's motivations. Um, and it doesn't come down as, it doesn't come off as, like, just, like, reciting. It doesn't come off as telling, not showing, because Hannibal's motivations are themselves so interesting. If that makes mm-hmm. sense? Like, you know, you know, Chio says outright, like, listen, like, you were doing what he does, he'd be proud of you, right? And, uh, and and she calls well on trying to bullshit her and saying, oh, he didn't want this. It's like, no, this is exactly what you wanted. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they're very explicit about about what's going on and the parallel being drawn here. I guess Will is sort of learning to manipulate the way Hannibal does. He wanted Chio in order to help him find Hannibal, and so he sets her free by uh, making her kill and dispose of her charge. Yeah. Um, and I guess part of the reason it doesn't super duper work is you don't know exactly why Chio is bound to the to Hannibal, like, what exactly it is that keeps her here. And so it's a little less interesting to, like, try to parse her motivations. Like, yeah, yeah, like, everything okay. about it is a little opaque, so, like, you don't really feel anything. Um, yeah, a little too opaque. Like, I'm not yeah. attached to Misha. Right, um, right, right, exactly. I, I don't, like... And, like, I, I get that Chio's been lying to herself all these years. Like, maybe she always kind of knew that Hannibal did it. But, like, it just it doesn't doesn't fully ever set. Although there's some really cool creepy shots of the mansion or the castle. Um, there's some cool stuff with snails. I don't quite get why the why the prisoner's eating snails when Chio brings him. Doesn't Chio bring him, like, a pheasant? She does, yeah. Because she's, so like, hunting. Yeah. Yeah, she like kills those pheasants, right? Like she hunts mm-hmm. the pheasants. But what's this? What's with the snail? Like, why is he fucking? Why is he eating snails? If you got a pheasant right there, man, she's she's feeding you pretty good, dude. Uh, you don't have to eat the snails. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Maybe he maybe he likes snails. Maybe he's just mad hungry. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's mad hungry. Just driven mad, like living alone in isolation for the years of all, all those years. I guess I don't know. Just just weird stuff. But the. Shio killing the dude is is pretty cool. There's some nice uh, slow motion. Yeah, stabbing, yeah, yeah. stabbing that bone or whatever through his throat. And Will, Will makes that cool little tableau. It's it's you know it, it kind of works. Um, it's like a weird dragonfly tableau. He's like uh, kind of reminds me of a uh, Randall Tear a little bit. Oh, I was gonna say it's a little like uh, Buffalo Bill, like mothy kind of. Mm, true, mm-hmm. true, true, true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So I mean, there's some yeah, there's some there's actually some pretty decent. There's moments. There's definitely there's moments. There's some in this pretty episode. good moments in this episode that I think work. But as a whole, I just uh, like Jeff. You know, this is my second time watching this episode, and it's I, I was dreading it already. You know what I mean? I was same here. Uh, um, and, uh, I mean, you you get a little like Silence of the Lambs callbacks. You know, like uh, where Hannibal tells Clarice, like nothing happened to me, Officer Starling. I happened or whatever, which is kind of right, like yeah. what um, Will is saying about Hannibal, right? Um, yeah, so I think this is fine. Do you think it's this is the worst episode of the series? Other people really enjoy it. I feel I feel like other people like it, but like I'm just I'm not quite on board on this one. Uh, yeah, yeah. Other, other I people, mean, I, I think do like it. Um, I'm a little cool on it as well. I think people don't like uh, 
Where's the episode where he sees me one where Hannibal kills that serial killer? Which one? With Which a, one? With Tobias? Yeah, where he kills Tobias. Do people not like that one? I feel like maybe that's one. That... Some people don't like that one. They're like, oh, it seems like a different show with like the fight scene and all that stuff. But I love that shit. It's so good. It's so cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, okay, to be fair to this one, like, there were some, I don't know about stinkers, but like, some of the season one Killer of the Week stuff was like, very forgettable too. Yeah, I want to say, like, Molly Shannon's episode where she, like, has all yeah, the kids. Yeah, I was like, uh, okay, whatever. Uh, I'm yeah, not crazy. We, we I'm talked sure about the guy who sees, like, the, the people on fire was not one of our favorite episodes, right? Oh, the, uh... Yeah, yeah. The, the, the terminally ill guy. Yeah, yeah. Who makes the angel maker or whatever. Angel yeah. maker, yeah. The guy who makes himself an angel and you're just like, how do you do that? Uh... <laughs> totem pole guy kind of stinks although yeah. to be fair that's not the focus of that episode so yeah um we're talking um, episodes not serial killers so but like even those episodes have the benefit of hannibal being on the loose and doing his uh doing his shit right where he's manipulating people and stuff and and you, you get a little bit of that but in this episode there's barely any hannibal in it yeah, that's true. The Hannibal we get is pretty damn good, though. The um, It is true. The, we, the, we the, the, the two Hannibal dinner moments. parties, which mm-hmm. Hannibal at a dinner party making cannibal puns is always excellent. And yeah. um, the bits with Bedelia are excellent. Like him, like running his, like shampooing her hair mm-hmm. is super duper intimate, too. And like their relationship is just so creepy and weird. I really like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, she goes, how did your sister taste, right? Like, it's very on the nose, and I don't know, I love it. <laughs> I do love the part where, like, he stabs the guy, right? Or Sagliato in the head, and he's just there. He's still alive. Mm-hmm. And, but she's the one who pulls out the spike, and he says, technically, you're the one who killed him. <laughs> <laughs> he's such an ass. <laughs> yeah. Such an ass. So yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. I so mean, that goes back some... to, that goes back to, like, are you are you like a bystander? Are you a participant? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah just, it goes right back to um, Yeah, yeah. What is that? It's like an ice pick. He just jams it right. Yeah, into I think that's the, yeah. I think that's the ice right pick he's himself. using to make the uh, the drink. But I guess I, I was talking about it last week where I thought Saglio was the the target of last week, and I guess very quickly he gets disposed of this episode. So I guess I was I was right, but uh, just an episode off. <laughs> I think I think Hannibal. As he says, it's a, it's a bit impulsive. He's killing Sagliato, but yeah. he, he was sort of always going to do it, right? He clearly didn't like the guy, and uh, he, he clearly has a motive of both getting rid of someone he doesn't like because he enjoys killing people and eating them, but also like drawing Will Graham to, and, and and Jack, I guess, even towards him as well, right? So it kind of serves two purposes here. He's just unable to stay undercover for too long. I, I think, and I think this is probably part of Will's influence, right? And that yeah. the, the, Han- the Hannibal from before the show is able to be like the Chesapeake Ripper and then go away and then be completely like not found. But like now that he's got Will to like show off to, mm-hmm. he just can't really keep it all in anymore. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, the, ma- it's the madness of love uh, that, that, uh, that means he's going to have to kill Will, right? Kill and eat Will. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, this is the, precisely the irrationality um, that he resents, in a way. It makes me think about the finale of last season when he says to Will, like, you think you could change me? Will says, you know, didn't I already, right? And I, I think this is, we're starting to see that come to light, right? Like, I, I feel like Hannibal's this person now that is almost 
as much as he doesn't rely, you know, in the past hasn't relied on anyone is now somewhat attached to Will, right? As much as we think, you know, Will is attached to him, I think it, it, it vice versa, there's this attachment that Hannibal has to Will. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, so I actually wanted to go back to a little bit about, I, to answer your earlier question, Jeff, I think this might be my least favorite episode so far that I think we've seen throughout the three seasons. Mm. I think partially the reason why also is Hannibal, the series, has created a, a, a very unique aesthetic for itself, right? With the the slow-mo and the use of ambient music and noises, mm-hmm. and then a lot of scenes, sometimes scenes are just you know, just music, right? Or or a score and there's no absolutely no speaking. And sometimes those are beautiful. I think partially it's overuse in this episode. Like I started noticing like, you know, a quarter of the episode in, like the first part of the episode is very moody and just like Will wandering about with like no interactions with anybody. And like, I, I it doesn't, it doesn't work for me when it, it's just kind of him doing that for a lot of this episode. Mm. I'm going back to the idea that I think the show's best when there's interactions between characters, especially like Will and Hannibal or Hannibal and Jack or Jack and Han or Will, Jack and Will. Just the, the Will roaming about is it wasn't doing it for me. And we got a lot of that. And then I think there's an aesthetic. It's it's weird. There's like a aesthetic the show has kind of transitioned into i feel like in season three and we'll get into this with alana's character too the the way each person is presented is also very like kempt and like high society almost like even chio's character who's a person who's isolated seems like she's isolated from the world whose sole purpose is to be in this castle watching this person she's like in this nice garment she has these like nice fancy leather gloves like it doesn't that aesthetic doesn't seem to fit for that character for me i don't know it it really took me out of it to kind of see that character so well done for uh, for someone that i i I feel like it just doesn't fit in this um in this atmosphere that they're trying to create with the castle um i don't really mind that it's just now that we're like away from the fbi you know like not everyone's gonna be dressed in suits and stuff i i kind of like Brian Fuller just going all out and, like, elevating everyone's wardrobes to, like, Hannibal's level, you know? Like, next episode, we'll see Alana with a killer wardrobe, and I, yeah, I fucking love that. Yeah, she looks great. Um, yeah. And, I don't know, I kind of appreciate this aesthetic with the castle, too, the the Lecter estate. Um, it's like a, it's like this green color palette that we don't really see on this show that much. Yeah, it I, is so freaking green. It's really cool. Um, but I, I do understand what you're saying. It's just... Again, it goes to the the character and like um, how it just isn't really adding anything, especially this late in the game of the entire series, right? Um, but yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just cutting just just to say that I agree with you, uh, Derek. I loved your first point uh, totally about the lack of dialogue. I did like I appreciated the moodiness and the visuals, but like you, I was missing the dialogue, and I did love like how just like arch and fling and, and direct all the dialogue is in this episode. I, I, I mean, I even enjoy, I enjoyed Will talking to Chio. I enjoyed Hannibal talking to his guests, Hannibal and Bedelia. All the dialogue's great and there, there isn't enough of it. But okay, let, let's get, I mean, we're, we're pretty much at the end of this episode. So let's get into episode four. 
And we'll start with this whole Alana thing, right? So we find out that Alana is alive. We talked about it last season. Like, if we were going to guess someone who was going to live through that encounter, it was going to be Alana, right? So we, we do find out she's still alive, but, I mean, she's injured, right? She definitely she has to use a cane now. Uh, early part in the episode, she's in a wheelchair. But there is this now wardrobe change with her, right? Like, I feel like she was not this... This is a bad way to put it. Like, so nice looking. Like, her her clothing just seems, like, elevated to this high-end clothing or high-end wardrobe that wasn't before. And as much as I like seeing that, it took me out of it for a little bit because I wasn't used to seeing Alana like that. And I don't know what justifies the change in my mind. Near-death experience? New life, new wardrobe? I don't know. Because she's evil now. <laughs> <laughs> maybe so, maybe so. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Instead, instead so we of don't tease. Yeah. When Will uh, wears like a nice... I mean, he. I mean, when, when Will becomes like super, super dapper, I guess that's when we know he's become evil, right? I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding about the evil thing, but like... <laughs> This is this is a darker side of Alana, and I, I do like it a lot. I think mm-hmm. this is where we finally get some interesting developments with uh, Alana's character that have been sorely missing from the first two seasons. Um, but better late than never, right? And and I, I do like this new development. I mean, we're already talking about this episode, so like, yeah, no, as I said, let's get into the it. development that she's she's working with um, Mason Verger. Okay, so we also learned that Chilton's alive. <laughs> Everyone's alive. Mason's alive. Chilton's alive. <laughs> but we learned that, I mean, Chilton was trying to get in on this, right? Hit for his own kind of self-benefit to gain money, uh, I feel like, to profit uh, economically. But then it's, you know, Mason kind of rejects him. And then Alana is the one instead that is his psychiatrist and and presumably helping him try to find Hannibal. Uh, Mason, I mean, if you didn't know, is played by Joe Anderson now, not Michael Pitt, which is pretty interesting. Um, so I've read that it wasn't because Michael Pitt was difficult to work with, which he has a huge reputation of, but Brian Fuller actually really liked working with him, but like uh, just like scheduling differences or something. So they had to get someone else to play him, which is fine because his face is all fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love this opening scene with uh, Mason and uh, and the Chilton, right? Yeah, it's really yes. ghoulish. Um, yeah, it's like they're like trading uh, reveals of their fucked up faces and shit. It's so grotesque and awesome. I I love shit like that because um, yeah, Chilton really looks good. normal. He looks great. They did awesome makeup. And this blend of like CGI and like practical effects is so seamless and. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. He's like, yeah, it's really so good. it's it's kind of like uh, Silva in Skyfall, right? Like yep. he's taking yep. away like prosthetics uh, inside his jaw, and then his face just droops. It's crazy looking, and uh, we do get a slow motion shot of a flashback of the bullet going into his face. Right, that's this episode, right? Yeah, yeah. It was even before this. Yeah, like it like goes into his cheek, and then like you see it like. I guess the camera like goes into his mouth or his head and it, you see like it tearing through bone and flesh and then it expels through the back of his head. It's a really cool shot. Like, yeah, this opening of this episode is great. I will say that I do like Mason Verger's makeup better in the Hannibal movie, the the Ridley Scott movie, than here. Um, I think here it just looks like 
they added it on. It's a little smooth. It's a little smooth, and it's like it's bulging, so it looks like they just added that prosthetic on um, when it should be like stuff getting taken away from his face, right? Because like I, I know it's like a TV budget, so like it's probably not as high to to, to do anything as elaborate as like. What's what's a good example of like a good face makeup CGI that that works where it's like pieces of someone's head is missing? Um, oh, I don't know. Um, oh, like like Two Face from The Dark Knight. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Okay, yeah. But this just looks like it's it's like added on to make him look like he's all fucked up, you know. Um, but it's fine. It's a small quibble. I I don't really care that much. Um, yeah, great opening scene. Great opening, and and I I was just shocked that Chilton was alive. I was convinced that, that Miriam Lash blew his head off. So, <laughs> um, but I'm glad she didn't. It's really good to see him back. He's the eternal like cockroach survivor. Um, he'll be he'll be he'll he'll live to the end of Hannibal, no matter what. Just grievously maimed again and again and again. Um, and he's uh, he's he's great to have around. Uh, I mean, I guess I, I won't go into my normal rant. But I mean, this this is this goes back to what I've been saying, right? Like, the guy's never gonna die. It's this running joke now. I mean, I guess now it's a running joke, but you have to suspend disbelief to believe that he's still alive, <laughs> still alive after getting his guts basically torn out of him and then getting shot through the head. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I feel like you don't really have to suspend disbelief. I mean, he was shot through the cheek. He lived. I mean. He was disemboweled. That's okay. He's it's okay. Good. Okay, <laughs> he's good. <laughs> it is a very funny running joke. I, if this went to like season six, he probably would have been like a head in a jar by the end of the uh, <laughs> like Futurama style. Like Futurama yeah, style, absolutely. exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> very good. Um, we find out a bunch of people's fates. Alana, when we first see her, she's like in a. She's on the the hospital recovery room with like all the pins in her um and chilton goes to visit her uh great set by the way very uh yeah very symmetrical and and uh cinematic i think i love his flowers yeah yeah he's really like uh <laughs> he's really a dick uh he did say he was gonna rub it in right last season before before alana um you know, made her turn. Like, he was like, yeah, well, when you realize what a big mistake you made, I'm going to rub it in. And uh, and he definitely does. He's um, like, I don't want to tell you I told you so, or whatever, or something. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah he's just a huge, uh, huge dick in this. What is, it, what is it that he says? He said something specifically that I thought was just so, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess it's, I guess it's the, uh, I didn't mean to kick you while you're down thing. Very funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, we have a flashback of, Alana flying through the window and you get like the x-ray shot of like all her bones and stuff. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, another one of those great visuals. Um, you know, now that we're talking about this episode, I, I regret lumping it in together with episode three. I did like this episode a lot, a lot more than the one before it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Hannibal's not really in this one too much either, but, um, I, I I do enjoy this one. It's it's fun. The sort of uh, sort of animal house. Where are they now? Vignettes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's that's kind of my problem with it. It's it's like we're into episode four, and now we're like finding out, like we're having to have this catch up, right? Of 
what's happening to Chilton, what's happening to Mason, what's happening to Lana, what's happening to Bella. Like, there is no real development in the story because we're just so busy having to now tell you what where everybody is at this moment because we wait not wasted but we've used the first three episodes to really focus on like just really like hannibal will and bedelia the, the show likes to disorient you a little bit between seasons by changing the status quo and pulling the out from under you and i don't know the first two episodes like they're not perfect but it's so great to have the show focusing on hannibal and bedelia and the, the episodes especially one or one or especially one are so pretty I don't know. I'm not. I'm not too mad at the way they did this. Um, I think you get a cool Abigail reveal in episode two, and I, I don't know. I mean, would you have put this as one? Would you have wanted to see this first? No, I don't think. No, that, I, I'm totally fine with them. I I would feel much better if this was three. I think if this was three, oh, it would be better. And three was four. Yeah, some or maybe three was nothing. I <laughs> three <so> was just <laughs> taken out. Just combine a couple scenes, you know. It just there's just like those key Hannibal scenes, yeah, from three, and then like, mm, I don't know. Um, if it for me, it would be better if you kind of switch things around and had some of the, some at least maybe not all these, not not technically switch like three and four, but maybe pull like two of these into three, right? And then you know what I mean? Because this, like, I, I, my complaint about this episode, it does feel like. We are forced. Not that it's a bad thing that, like, I like episodes one and two, right? And I, I like them for what they are, and I'd rather have those as they are. And I'm not saying change those, but because you have those episodes the way they are, you you kind of are forced into this position where now you are playing catch up. I do realize that Chilton is the through line between the introduction or the reintroduction of these characters because he goes to see Mason, he goes to see Alana, he even goes to see Will. We get that great scene, or I guess a re- redo of the scene, because we, we saw the scene where Will wakes up and he thinks he sees Abigail. But in actuality, the whole scene was played out very similar in a similar way, but it was actually Chilton. Like some of the lines yeah. are similar and all that kind of stuff. So like that was a really interesting, I think, interaction between Will and, and Chilton also. It's almost like maybe it would have been better if you just switched three and four. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's, I'm not a writer. <laughs> I would have cut out three entirely and then just transplant some scenes from it. I would keep Hannibal's dinner party from three. And I would just combine Will finding Dimon's heart with his little encounter with Hannibal at the lecture estate in the dungeons, I guess. Is that where that is? Um, I would just combine that into episode two somehow instead. You get that scene... In this episode, between Jack and Will, right? Jack asks him, "Was like, oh, why did you warn Hannibal or whatever?" And and he's like, "Oh, I, he was my friend, and I kind of wanted to run away with him." And and you get the gist of the whole thing, right? And like, I don't know. I just feel like the the lecture mansion uh, little trip was not really worth the the economy that it took away from the the storyline. So. I was just gonna combine a few things. I feel like you could. You definitely could. Yeah, but then I mean, what we know is that Chio still plays a part in this season, right? So it's like you still have yeah, to. Yeah, but you that- could easily write around her. She's not a huge part by any means. Oh yeah, and I'm not saying we needed all of that. I'm just saying that 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 is the reason like episode three kind of exists is to introduce this character. 
So like mm-hmm. you'd still have to find a way to introduce her character in in, in this also. Right. If you're if you're reworking these these two episodes in a sense. Mm-hmm. We do get the revelation that Bella has passed away right in this episode. Mhm. Um which I thought was a nice meh. doesn't work for me so much. Oh really? Not really. It's fine. It's it's I mean I guess it's sad and whatever, but I'm like kind of eager to get things going with the plot. She had like a terminal diagnosis. Like we've done the Jack loves his wife thing for a while now. I'm good. <laughs> well, I think I mean we get this sweet moment where they both wake up in the same room, right? And and then we get this weird moment where does it imply that he kills her? Wait, what? <laughs> because there's the moment where he like injects her with the medicine. And then he starts crying, and it feels like he knows that this is the end. I don't know. I was very confused. Am I reading that entirely wrong? He definitely doesn't kill her. I don't think. Literally, he puts whatever it, it, whatever it is into her into her IV, and then she's dead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're not wrong. That's her whole thing, right? It's like this at this point. Is it like Jack just giving in and like giving Bella what she wants? Because she's the one who who's wanting to die, right? I just didn't get that reading at all. I didn't either. I can kind of see how you did, though, man. I, I'm not saying that it is. I just, like, maybe... And it sounds like I'm wrong. <laughs> or at least that you guys didn't get it that way, so, yeah. Because Only because he was so against her doing that with Hannibal last season. So I didn't put that together, but... Apparently, this is canonical that he helped her die. I'm, is it I'm really? Just, yeah, it's it's canon. It's like everyone's like, oh, he he job, essentially man. mercy kills Bella. I mean, her. yeah. I mean, I mean, it's easy to see how you would see that, and I I mean, now I I feel like I can't see it any other way now because because <laughs> like that is how the scene plays out, right? He injects her and she dies, right? Wait, in canon, as in, like, that's the in the books? No, like, that's, that's like, the official synopsis and, like... Oh, yeah. Recaps, they all say that uh, he, he mercy kills her or whatever. It's Hannibal, it's so vague sometimes, like, I don't know. That's why I have to ask these things. I ask in, in almost in, like, confusion. <laughs> no, good read, man. Good call. All right, well, Bella's dead. She's dead. Bella's dead. <laughs> Bella's dead. We don't. Uh, so, I actually, last question: Was this? Were they divorced? They weren't divorced at this time, right? No, 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 no. no. So they you divorced mean, after the show. You mean, like you the mean actual Lawrence actors? Fishburne? Yeah, that was like last year. Oh, okay. So, okay, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know no, if this no, was I like just... this awkward situation where like they didn't want to work with. Each- like, yeah, I just. I didn't. Know, I don't know the so timeline. We of the- kill you on the show. <laughs> I don't hey, think so. Hey, you, it's happened before. So, <laughs> but this this does give us the nice funeral scene where. Hannibal sends <laughs> a note for Jack that at Bella's ass. funeral. What an ass. Jam some glass through your throat and then uh, send a condolence note to your wife's funeral. Uh, he's like Varys from Game of Thrones, man. He's got little birdies like telling him all the things happening to Jack. That's he, true. That's he, true. He knew, that, uh, he knew that Bella died. Like, I was just like, okay. He's, he's getting his information somehow from somewhere, I guess. And then uh, I, another thing we get introduced in this episode is we get introduced to Cordell, right? Mm-hmm. The new, I, I'm calling him the new Carlo. Yeah, the new Carlo, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's right. But he's, he, he definitely has more of a, a character than Car- Carlo, uh, even from this, like, 
first onset of meeting him, I'm very intrigued mm-hmm. by this character. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually, he's one of the new characters I'm more than, I guess, um, Chio, more interested in like seeing where his character goes. But yeah, I, I, I just, I just wrote down in my notes, new Carlo. <laughs> <laughs> very good. I do think that um, we do get also one extra little tidbit with Alana, right? Which is interesting. Like, she kind of comes up with this very useful information for Mason about Hannibal can change his name, he can change his profession, but he can't essentially change his taste. And mm-hmm. the idea that, like, wherever he, he goes, he's always going to try to prepare food probably very in a, in a similar way. And this has me thinking about Bedelia, the the person who seems to be going to this shop and ordering the same thing every day and then going to this train station. Like, has she also kind of figured it out? Like, maybe it's something that he uses a lot in his cooking that she's always, like, trying to tip off somebody. I don't know if we were supposed to correlate those two yet. Or are we supposed to correlate those? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I kind of like that, sure. What about this little Will and Alana scene? How rough is that? So, you know, she's come out of the hospital, still in her wheelchair, wheels her way uh, into Hannibal's home. uh, And who does she run into but Will, who uh, basically tells her to fuck off. (laughs) It kind of makes their earlier, like, flirtation... And, like, kind of potential relationship and, like, her inability to believe him in the last season so much more sad. Um, so I really I really liked it. I thought that was a really cool, really good scene of just uh, Will, Will rejecting <laughs> her. I, uh, whenever I watch this last scene, I always think it's funny. It's like, Alana's experiences with men are so bad that... <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I'm, I'm done with fucking men. That's That's... The way this is going, but um, <laughs> well, Margot's right there. Yeah, Margot is right there. Uh, well, but to go back to that relationship, like it does take me back a little bit because wasn't it Alana the one that was still like trying to be a friend at the end? Was the one that told Will, you know, about the FBI coming for him? She does. Yeah, I get it. You dated Hannibal. And you didn't believe Will, so there is like room for him to be angry at her. But if you remember, the last thing she does is she's still a friend to him. Well, it, it, it's, it's not just that, though, right? It's also that now they've switched places. He's the one who's in love with Hannibal now, mm, right? You're right, right, right. And, and, and she is the one who sees Hannibal for what he is. And trying to hunt him. Yeah, exactly. So they've just switched now, right? Like, because she's like, hey, like, can you really truly ignore the worst in him? And he's like, oh, uh, yeah, I can't. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, so, uh, I came here to be alone. And of course, he's not alone. Abigail's there. Yeah. And I want to get some good lines of the scene. You know, friendship with Hannibal is, is, is blackmail elevated to the level of love. It's really good. Oh, yeah. yeah. If we, I mean, if we're talking about lines, I love Alana's line about, it's like, I don't need religion to appreciate the idea of Old Testament revenge. Oh, that's Herta Mason. Oh, yeah. Herta Mason. Oh, my God. I love that Because he's line. going through this whole thing about how he's like suddenly found a religion or something. He's completely full of shit. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she, yeah, she says exactly that. I don't need religion to appreciate the idea of Old Testament vengeance. I like that. I, 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 I like a little of, um, because we're talk because you were talking, uh, Jeff about, uh, 
maybe Alana should switch teams. And, uh, <laughs> and, I, and I, th- I think Margot's totally into it. She goes, huh. So uh, what is it she says? Uh, uh, this could be your entrance. <laughs> not, easy to, not easy to find the first time you come. Yeah, so she, you know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's going to go anywhere, go anywhere, but it's cute. I kind of like that. Yeah, Alana has the right pro- proclivities, right? As, as, uh, well, she, as, uh, she's got the, the right, the right parts for Margot's proclivities. Yes, uh, we, we yes. I'm not sure we know about Alana's proclivities, um, which I think is also interesting. I think Alana's like an interestingly sort of weird character, right? Like her reasons for not wanting to date Will at the beginning, besides being too interested in him as a, like a research subject or whatever. Like I like that she's just like, yeah, I'm like kind of like. I don't know, working too hard, too weird to daily. She's just like an odd person, which I kind of, I kind of like. I mean, oh, sorry, going back to this, speaking about Alana and Will's relationship, I mean, Alana's still there looking after his dogs, right? Like, Will's bounced, and Alana's still nice enough to look after his dogs? Is she doing that for him or is she doing that for the dogs, though, right? Yeah, but... Or for, her, or for herself, right? Yeah, I, like, I, mean, I don't know, it's not like she's, like, dog-sitting. He's like, hey, take care of my dogs. Like, she's just, like... I mean, yeah, it's a good thing she does. I'm glad she does it, but like, I don't. Know. For me, it just makes Will seem like the ass in this situation. I mean, yeah, he's he's an ass. He's 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 obsessed with a serial killer. Yeah, <laughs> he's making really bad uh, life decisions right now. He's so obsessed that he decides to sail to Europe. Like, what? <laughs> is that the implication? I, I don't know. <laughs> like, we see him working on a boat motor earlier in the episode, and then at the end of the episode. Lon is like, he's gone, and then he's on a boat. This one just has Will Lonely Island to get up. Yeah, <laughs> and, yes. And not much to do at the end here. But yeah, it's, it's a cool little fun series of vignettes, I guess. It's, it's you know, it's fine. There's nothing with the positive of the Chio stuff that you feel like you guys, you got you to think you feel like you, could, you want to skip, right? I guess if you took the best parts of both these episodes and just combined them into one episode, it would have been a printed okay episode. I mean, well, what do you cut from this one? Uh, that's the that's the hard part. Yeah, like what do you what do you cut from this one? I mean, I already said I didn't love the Bella stuff. Well, the the euthanasia's, uh, you know, I guess a nice little an interesting twist development of the characters. But um, I didn't love the Bella stuff too much. Yeah, I mean this I this episode that, is pretty. I feel, like, I feel like you. I feel like this one's yeah pretty jam packed. I don't think there's something you feel like you have to. I, I don't know if there's much you feel like you don't have to have here. It all feels pretty necessary to catch us up, at least plot. Yeah. You know, there's, no, there's there's maybe nothing quite as funny as the best lector bits in the, in the last episode, or or uh, but I don't know. It's it's, it's still pretty damn good. The gruesome the gruesome opener with Shelton and Mason. You know, this one's tough. This one's uh, I I think I'm a little with you, Jeff. I think this one's actually it's good. It's a good episode. More I, I think solid than we initially give it credit for. Okay, well, I think that will conclude this week's episode. Jeff, where can people find you? You can uh, find me on my blog at strangeharbors.com, and you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at strangeharbors. What about you guys? Can you check out my letterbox? And what about you, Derek? Uh, you can find me at the wrong day, day spelled D-A-Y-I-K, and that is for Instagram and Twitter. But you also can find me on my other podcast called Geeks in a Pod, where each week me and a couple friends, we just kind of shoot the shit and talk all things kind of movies, television, gaming. We just have an episode where we talked about like the PS5 and the Xbox and the whole NVIDIA drop and everything. So that was kind of a fun conversation. 
But if you like this podcast, the easiest way to support our podcast is to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of the other popular podcast apps. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please do us a favor and give us a great star rating because it really helps to get our podcast out to so many more people. And uh, if you guys have any questions, comments, suggestions, uh, please feel free to shoot us an email at jeff at strangeharbors.com. Um, we like getting listener mail and sometimes we even read it out on air. So um, if you have anything you want to say to us, just shoot us a line. All right. So I guess that will conclude this week's episode. We will be back next week. Episodes five and six, right? Yes. Episodes five Getting and six. There, almost, to the, almost to that kind of mid-season finale. So let's do it. Yeah. All right. We'll see you guys next week. See you guys next week. All right. See you next week.